0: everyone, and welcome back to RPG R&D. I am one of your hosts, Jess Geyer. I'm one half of one of the games, and I make tabletop role playing games. And I'm here again with my co host, Craig Campbell. Hello, Craig.
1: Hi, Jess. I'm Craig Campbell. I am the owner of Nerdburger Games, and I also make tabletop role playing games. And I am here with a fellow who we've had a little bit of a trouble trying to get. Uh, him on the show. And there's a very good reason why. Um, And uh, also, I will mention that when I took Spanish in high school, we all have to have a Spanish name. And since there is no Spanish translation for Craig, I was Carlos. Hello, Carlos. Welcome to the show. Hi, Craig Uh, (laughs) uh,
2: and Jessica. Um, uh, Yeah. So my name is Carlos Cisco. Uh, I am a uh, a tabletop designer, uh, narrative designer, uh, game writer. I've done stuff for MCDM, um, uh, Star Trek Adventures, uh, I Hunt, and then uh, a, a smattering of things like on the DM's Guild, uh, kind of early on. Um, but uh, that 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 sort of was a side hustle that I, I I stumbled into, which is right now my primary source of income. Uh, because I am also a WGA writer. Uh, I wrote for Star Trek Discovery, uh, and I'm currently on strike. Uh, I'm a strike captain and a lot coordinator at Disney, and I am uh, very tired and my brain <laughs> is filled with holes, um, <laughs> which is why we've had trouble scheduling. Uh, for a good
0: cause, for a yeah, good cause. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I mean, you know, we've been out there for over 100 days i think we're at 108 or something i can't even remember wow. at this point but it's over 100 at that point which means we we beat the 2007 strike um and yeah now the you know the actors have joined us which is um it's not great that they were not able to get a deal but it's great that they've uh, joined us because i feel like if we had to keep going at this alone it would have been a, a a very sad and lonely road to the finish um and i think it uh it brings a lot more strength to both sides uh, having us all out there
0: well there's a lot of people out there who are supporting the WGA and the SAG strike so uh keep it up because union power is the only power we've got.
2: Well it's it's really amazing so there's um you know in terms of talking about that kind of support like coming from Star Trek we have one of the most like vocal and I mean really when we talk about fandom the original fandom um <laughs> sure. and and the, those fans have really stepped up. Uh, there's, a, there's a woman, Claire Willett, who uh, has headed up what she calls the Star Trek snack squad. And they've been sending out care packages to four of the lots every week where she knows that like Star Trek people are picketing. Uh, so that's been really amazing. But the cool thing in terms of games and stuff that we have coming up, we have a, a D&D slash uh, tabletop day, like theme day. And we've been doing these like theme days to sort of, keep morale up and keep people coming out to the lots because it's like oh it's a special interesting i'll meet other writers that are into the same thing that i'm into and you know they've been really really successful and really fun uh but we have a big tabletop game or a tabletop uh day coming up um the the three women that have organized it have put together like a gamified picket so you're going to be moving oh. from like gate to gate and like Doing boss battles and stuff, and Brennan Lee Mulligan <laughs> is gonna is gonna be the like the CEO big bad at the end. That's gonna be like a raid boss
0: That's with like the so whole cool. pin- yeah.
2: I'm like I'm super excited, but like you know I I reached out to them because I was like hey I I work in the industry <laughs> you know I can I, I, like all my friends here have been asking how can I help and I've just been like send water send food you know like these are the things we need and finally I could be like hey send game. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, you know, uh, hats off to Paizo. Their, their union has sent us care packages over to the Disney lot. That was uh, was really great. But um, they're sending us uh, a bunch of digital bundles. MCDM has sent us just a, like a truckload of minis and books. Uh, Hunter's Entertainment sending us out stuff. Wizards is going to be sending us some stuff. People are uh, donating like one shots. And it's all for a raffle to benefit the uh, Entertainment Community Fund, which is... It's a big fund that anybody can donate to that will go to help anybody who works in the industry that is hit with hard times because of work stoppages whether it's the strike or not i mean this is a thing that exists all the time so it's a great cause um if you like the things that we make if you don't eh, whatever <laughs>
0: i don't the working class struggle is a struggle for everyone in my opinion yeah. so even if you don't ever engage in up uh, who doesn't first of all, engage in writing or, or watching TV or anything like you do. So it's yep. going to benefit you at anyway, but even if you don't.
2: Well, I think one, one thing that's really interesting that I've been, been reading is the contract language that we're going to be setting up in, in regards to AI is something that can be used by unions going forward across the board uh, to protect their workers from being replaced by uh, robots. So really I think important that's a, in
0: our industry. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think it's like a super, I think it's like, this is a really, really important fight to be paying attention to, uh, if you work in any creative industry, but really honestly, if you work in a white collar job too, <laughs> because lawyers, accountants, uh, like that, that stuff will quickly, quickly go at uh, hospital administration, which honestly, that should just go to ai we don't need to be paying
1: those <laughs> <laughs> well well thank you and yeah. yeah. uh, for for your efforts cuz i've i've been following you on twitter um and i'm just like boy oh boy he's busy um which explains like taking a while to get you on here as you said um but thank you for your efforts and for the efforts of all the strike captains and and putting forth the uh, the work and thank you to all the people who have donated and all the people who are picketing um the, uh, making sure that the people who create and people who make these things that we all love and consume and enjoy, um, are getting, um, appropriate con- uh, uh, compensation, um, is, Im- it's important. It's going, it, it will reflect across many industries. As you've said, it'll go, it'll go places that we don't even think about when, uh, when somebody gets, uh, you know, fights for it and gets what is a right for, for their industry. It, it slowly propagates even just quietly from one industry to another
0: yeah um so like the whole system that we work under is a curse it's a disease and speaking of curses and diseases that is our topic (laughs) of the day uh (laughs) so um carlos you you chose from our list of our wonderful list of topics to talk about gming curses and diseases and designing them and i'm curious about why you were drawn to that
2: uh, I like bad and gross things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, there.
2: Uh, No, I mean, I, like, I think like curses are like one of the most fundamental um pieces of storytelling that we have had since its inception. You know, the bad thing that someone does uh that has some sort of life changing consequence, I think, is always compelling. You know, Medusa, Orestes. I I mean, not just to stick with Greek things, but, you know, like, I mean, even like werewolves and things like that. Like, it's Beauty and the Beast. um, It it curses permeate literature and history and myth, and I just think um, they're like a really compelling storytelling device, especially for games. Uh, I think they can be a little tricky in games because uh, depending on how you're executing them, they can require some, you know, some buy-in from your players uh, uh, because if you're altering them in any sort of mechanical or even like role-playing way they you know they should be okay with that kind of stuff before you uh you levy it on them uh and then you know i think diseases uh i don't know how we don't have that on the brain now um and and whether whether you want to i think you know a lot of a lot of role-playing games are, are power fantasies and so we don't necessarily want to uh, struggle with the same things that we face in real life. But sometimes it's really great to be able to look at it, look at a, a sort of mirror to a problem in, in real life and, and be able to actually do something about it in, in a game and feels that sort of catharsis, even though it's all made up. Um, and so I think that those are, they're two both compelling topics. Um, uh, when it comes to storytelling, I don't necessarily think like a disease is all that interesting, on a player like it you know we can get into that more on the the design side of things as like mechanical stuff but like you know disease as a storytelling device like plagues I mean it it's what we've gone through is fascinating like you know it's horrible and it's it's been wretched to live through but I think 20 years from now people are going to look back on this and Man, is it going to be a like weird media is going to come out of all this? I mean, we've been basically making 9-11 movies since 9-11, and we haven't even really started making the COVID movies yet. So that's uh, well, we'll see what 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 the state of our industry is after that, uh, after all this. But uh, and if anybody's making movies, Um, but uh, yeah, so I think, you know, in terms of those two things, that's why that's why I was probably drawn to the topic.
0: Yeah, and I put curses and diseases into the same category um because they are sort of in at least in a role playing game both of them are sort of temporary um negative that ha- that's put upon your character. Um where a curse would be maybe it's something that you did. It's like something it's a negative consequence due to an action that you took whereas the disease there's a little bit less control in that and the communi- mm-hmm. the communicability of a disease is Um, kind of an important factor within that and uh, they're also often grouped together in uh, like a game like D&D for example curses and diseases will be grouped together they're both um, maybe negatives on your ability scores or on your HP or on your AC or whatever it ends up being Um, and I think that like like what you said Carlos that it's really important to make sure that you do get buy-in from the players that it is not like diseases and things like that should be on your list of lines and veils. If you use lines and veils as a safety tool, definitely should be on there, especially now a lot of people have trauma over um COVID. Um, and I mean they might have trauma and other aspects of their life due to diseases. Um curses, maybe not so much. Um, but you still you want to get buy-in from your players on like you're you're giving them something negative. Um, and that can hurt the power of fantasy. But I I've found that yeah. most most players that I GM for are cool. They're cool with um having um they're they're cool with having like some negative trait as long as it is temporary, as long as there is a solution. And that would be my first tip is to make sure that there is a solvable um well, there's there's an action they can take to solve this problem in their life.
2: And I think this'll this will get in more in the um uh into the uh the design aspect of, of curses, but one thing I really don't like in 5e is the spell remove curse. Because it's just like, you you know, even if you designed a curse of any kind, uh, that is more than just like, you get minus two to strength or whatever, you know, uh, that you could just get rid of it at fifth level. And then it's just, it's, it's sort of inconsequential thing. And so I think that, you know, there are ways, and I think there are supplementary mechanics, especially, you know, and I know we talk much broad, broader than 5e, but but in terms of the 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 big dragon game that most people play, like I think that like the, the curses are not interesting from a mechanical standpoint in that game because there is a mechanic to easily remove them,
0: and right. I think that that's
2: your 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 point exactly.
0: Yeah, you need to have like some sort of long. And it should be a little bit more long term. Maybe within long term of the actual game session that you're in. Maybe it could be solved by the end of the game session. Maybe it's solvable within a couple. Or maybe it is like the entire basis of your campaign. The big video game everyone's playing right now. Literally everyone's cursed with a uh, spoilers for the first three minutes of the game. Uh, everyone's cursed with a mind flayer tadpole in their brain. Like you have a parasite in there. You got to get it out. Like it's the whole basis mean- of the campaign.
1: Do you got to get it out? Makes makes for an interesting story if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And that was one of the things that I've always struggled with when it came to D&D was that, and and it it goes for curses and diseases. It goes for a few other things in the game where like, this is a threat until this point. And at this point, it ceases to be any sort of a threat. Um, If you play with a paladin in the group, disease is never a threat um so as a gm like the it, it's one of those weird things it's like you, you got a paladin in the group well the gm's not going to bother with these diseases other than as a role-playing moment for the paladin to like cure the diseases in the town and help the townsfolk and but like to to threaten the characters with it it's not going to happen but see um,
2: that i think that that actually you know you can look at those mechanics and and take that as sort of a, a narrative jumping off point okay so like i have a paladin in my party i want to do I want to GM a plague-based story, right? So, what if this this disease is not based in any sort of biology or any, or you know, whatever the 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 thing is that that you know, lay on hands, uh, antiseptic lay on hands cures, you know, is it whatever viruses and bacteria? But maybe this is like an arcane disease that's going around, and so it's not able to be cured by the you know, sort of traditional divine means or something like that. And so, I think that you know, there are ways to execute it, uh, uh while looking at those those things and having that be a really scary moment. Because, you know, if if the Paladin has before that point cured a sick person and seen that it works normally, and I think that that's how you'd have to see it is, you know, oh, this person's been coughing and whatever. Please cure my dad. You know, don't think anything of it. And then six sessions later, we're dealing with a plague. And the Paladin's like, oh, no problem. I got I got like three charges to lay on hands. Now I could start. I could cure three people a day. And they, you know, they okay. waste that first chart. Yeah. yeah,
1: you can <laughs> and, you can cure you can cure three a day of a disease that's going to kill you in a week. Now you're in a town with five thousand people and everybody's sick. Well, yeah, there's that like, too. That yeah. becomes like another story. Like you, yeah. there as a GM, you find you there are ways to kind of manipulate the rules as they're presented um and even house rule and stuff like you know i've seen people do like okay well there's you know remove curse and remove disease but i've also got a thing you can get a thing called a greater curse and it requires a higher level spell and you you know you're not to that yet so you have to deal with this greater curse um and you know you just ramp up the effects of it commensurately with how dnd ramps up effects of everything by level and spell level and character level um but you know, those are a lot of, those, those are ways to kind of, you know, as a GM, you can kind of house rule that in it's again, we're, we do, we do tend to cross over into design a little bit. You're kind of, you know, house ruling is often kind of personal design. Um, and you can kind of go that direction with it. So, um, like, you know, looking at what you can do to house rule outside of the normal rules. And then what are the actual limitations of what the rules allow you to do? Like you've got access to the remove curse spell, but you only can cast it so many times a day, like that could become There's- a thing. It could become an issue. Or oh, what, what does the cleric not have access to when he's taking nothing but remove curse
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, to there- make sure the party
1: I- stays functional?
0: I like the idea of like you you set up in like your act one you set up in the very first scene you have your paladin curing people doing whatever and then you do present this this is a new thing like something is wrong something is wrong here so not only do you have the problem of the disease or the curse or whatever it ends up being not only do you have that problem you also have a mystery why is it like this who has Mm -hmm. done this or is this just like is this a curse from the gods is this is this a nefarious um, you know, evil is the, bad guy. Like,
2: does the paladin start questioning their faith because of that? Like, does that give the player character a really cool opportunity to be like, "What's happening to me personally?" Because everyone knows paladins are vain as fuck.
0: I mean, you can also <laughs> you can also just look at how real life plagues work like like real life pandemics i shouldn't just call them Mm -hmm. this old-timey word here Mm -hmm. um but even if you do have a cure there are there is going to be spread in it at some point it's going to spread out of control you can even look at other games world of warcraft has a very very rigid set of rules and there was a plague in world of warcraft called the it's corrupted blood and like these it and you can cure diseases in this game you can you can heal up there are solutions to it but it ended up being like this whole this debuff that would eventually kill your player was this whole they had to scrub part of the game they had to like go back to a previous save of the entire server um because of that go like if you don't know what i'm talking about go look up the corrupted yeah. blood play like world of warcraft um and it's it's fascinating you and it has out of control in actual, <laughs> yeah you can, but and that's in a game where there are set rules they didn't have to change any rules they just had to have the one sneaky disease vector that they couldn't figure out for a while and then by the time they figured out what was wrong it was out of control and uh yeah i i mean there are there are ways you can do it even without house ruling um you just have to be a little creative
1: One of the things that I find myself thinking about is because I watched a TV show called Werewolf in the 80s. Um, And the hook for werewolf was our main character gets bitten by a person who is a werewolf and then goes on a hunt because in order to cure your lycanthropy, you have to kill the person who made you a werewolf in the first place. Um, And the lore of the show ultimately turned into, nope, you got to kill the originator of it all. Like, (laughs) so, I mean, that's something you could do with, like, we talk about, you know, patient zero. Uh, Where did the vector start for a disease? Like, is this disease going to keep propagating because... There's a person who is immune to its effects, unknowingly passing it and is a traveler, you know, is a person who is constantly on the move, is a a trader or a traveler or a
0: typhoid Mary,
1: a caravan leader or, you know, something that's just constantly taking it from place to place and doesn't realize that they're just infecting people everywhere as they go. Um, And they're always like, oh, and we just fled the town, you know, just in time um, before, you know, any of us got sick um and it you know could be a, a group of people it could be a family or a, or a group of people who have some sort of religious tie together or have some sort of bond that they've developed in whatever you know whatever reason they're immune like there's a lot of different interesting things you could do like yes my character can go around and the other clerics in the world can cure disease or or or, or curses um remove curses um but this just keeps going and keeps going and like we have to find the uh, the the ultimate cure for everything. Yeah. Like, how do we how do we eliminate where it originates?
0: Well, and you can't you can't use it. I'm just like stick. Even if if you're in a game that has these very set traditional rules that people are accustomed to, and they don't really want to like some D and D players don't want a house rule. They want it by the book, and I get it. Um, but you have to know who's sick in order to cure them. You can't just like if if they're not presenting with any symptoms how do you know and then they're out here spreading the disease and doing whatever and you could also have like again going back to the corrupted blood incident you could have people who are purposefully spreading it um you you could have people purposely spreading a curse um anything like that uh for a variety of reasons maybe they're just evil maybe they have a ulterior motive maybe they are the pharmaceutical company in your cyberpunk game whatever it is
1: maybe they are the royal family who has infected members who are infecting other people but they don't want to present weakness to the outside world and, and encourage anybody to come in and try to take them out conquer attack whatever um, assassinate and so they like they're literally making the the making other people sick and trying to solve it kind of internally and in the process you know not telling anybody that they that they're doing it that 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 they've got you know the problem is there too they're covering up for their own uh, uh, outward appearance of strength.
0: So, what about ways to actually make this disease or curse scary? Make it new or unique, and describe it in a way that makes the players think that it's an imminent threat.
2: Well, I think like part of it is you have to you have to make it clear that the traditional means of removal are not available to you and that that breaking that curse is going to require some, you know, investigatory work in terms of figuring it out, uh, and that there is a ticking clock. Things are getting worse and progressively worse as it goes on. Like, if, if it's just like a flat negative for, you know, until you get the thing removed, you just sort of forget that and just incorporate it into your roles and it's whatever. But if there's a thing that is you know, ticking down the sands of that hourglass and things are changing in your body or, you know, in the way that, you know, your party interacts with you or the way that NPCs interact with you. Um, I think that's how you make it scary is that that sort of like trickle, like, you know, it, uh, a good example from a movie would be um Drag Me to Hell. Um, yeah. That's a which I, that I love Sam that Raimi. Movie. yeah and i just i I love sam raimi's dedication to making his lead actors as miserable as humanly possible like within the (laughs) content like that just like they go through the most punishingly like grotesque things in those movies uh you know evil dead is one of my favorites evil dead 2 at least um but uh in that one you really see the progression of a curse like and, and they you know when they figure it out, you really know the timetable of like, oh, it's like at this time it's gonna you know this by this time this will ha- have happened to you. you know by this time you'll start seeing the shadows by this time uh, you know the 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 demon will be able to interact you know and so it like it's sort of ticking the clock uh, along uh, for for the player. Um, I think that's the way to really really ratchet things up and ratchet the stakes up is is the the slow drip of terror
0: that's a really good way to like keep your players with forward momentum too like there are some games that have a clock system built in but a way that i i always like to like i have a a ticker or i'm i'm flipping cards and i just keep it keep it as a track um you could even just steal it directly from blaze in the dark just have the actual clock there and um, knowing, knowing on your own, maybe even evident to the characters, to the players, like this is when the next tick happens, and it's going to keep them moving. It's it's going to put a fire under their butt for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: And you can draw a draw inspiration, unfortunately, kind of sort of from like what's very much in our minds, having uh, dealing with COVID, which is, um, you know, there are a great many people who got COVID, and then when they no longer had COVID, still have COVID. There, there are effects, there are things that have affected their bodies long-term. So you could set up, and again, you know, like don't have people, you know, make sure people are buying into this, um, but you can have diseases or curses where, like this, this, this happens, you know, there's a point where another thing gets, you know, where the, where the thing that's happening gets worse, but maybe there's a point where something is going to happen. It could be small, but it's negative and it's permanent and it's mm-hmm. not going to go away, even if you get rid of all of the other you, effects.
2: You can you can mitigate further harm, but you cannot reverse the effects. That would be really a really terrifying curse. It's like, especially if it was something like transforming people, you know, mm. you 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 halt it halfway through, but the, you know, half the town is now a quarter fish person.
0: <laughs> okay so they did this in the <laughs> adventure zone they had oh, in the adventure zone ether sea they okay spoilers oh, okay sorry well
2: I, uh, I, I i listened to a bunch of them but i don't yeah i i haven't listened to all of they
0: it. they some a plague sort of plague happens and a bunch of people turn into fish people uh and it's irreversible and that's a consequence for the rest of their game period um i i think that there's there are some templates that you can work off of like for sure you could also like again kind of drawing inspiration from what we know of having lived through and currently still living through a pandemic that the longer a disease is around and the more it spreads the more the disease itself changes and there might be worse and worse consequences for the disease as it keeps going if you don't solve this now the disease is going to get worse not your personal disease maybe maybe the players have healed themselves because they have the means but it's gonna get worse for others
2: One one terrible lesson that we can also learn from from all of this is um, how the public may or may not respond to things and, you know, what what people may believe or not believe, uh, which I think, you know, in a in if you're playing in a fantasy setting or or, you know, really not a, a non contemporary setting where there is, you know, kind of like mystery and magic and things aren't just like, well, we don't understand this thing because we don't understand this thing yet because we just haven't had enough time with it. Um, I think that those, those questions of like what this thing could be um, are really potent.
0: Yeah. Conspiracies about who did this.
2: Mm -hmm. Conspiracies about
0: why.
1: why you were affected and other people weren't, you could have whole religious sects that, that pop up around, well, people who are getting this, this disease, they're getting it for a reason. They're getting it because they're bad people or they've offended the gods in some way or something. Right. And one of the effects that sticks with you, if you don't, Arrest the the uh, progression of the disease fast enough scars you in some way makes it physically apparent on your body that you had this disease and so now going forward anybody who has that religious belief is going to see you even if you're perfectly fine is going to be like there's you're bad there's something wrong that like you'll have a harder time socially dealing with certain people you might get run your character gets run out of town threatened all these sorts of things that can that can be based on just people believing that there was something wrong with you. Something, something that, that, you know, something in your soul is, is dark and bad. And that's why you got this disease and I don't want to associate with you and you need to leave town.
0: That's what happened with leper colonies for the longest time. Like, like, and it can be leprosy.
1: It can be hearsay, you know, like the skin, like the body parts falling off and everything. And that's not leprosy. That doesn't happen that way. But like people start to believe that, you know, anybody who has had a, an appendage amputated, like if you injured yourself and had to have a piece of a bit of a finger removed or something like that, like who knows what people think about, you know, in, in, in a particular people of a particular technological level and, and understanding of the world will or even not like things,
0: even modern day
1: even modern day but like especially if you're in, especially if you're in fantasy worlds well, like this all too,
0: has like, to be buy-in you have to do yeah, safety yes yeah. for this
1: 100 well yeah i feel like this this is a given with all of
2: this <laughs> the, the disease stuff is like massive safety tool talk beforehand but but you know i also think about like i mean like uh, you know people of a certain age remember chicken pox parties yeah yeah and like man our parents are fucked up I'm like <laughs> what no thank <laughs> you and uh, but i mean i just think like you know what 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 you're saying um craig about like r- you know religious people seeing uh, or you know like religious sex seeing you know people who have been inflicted with this disease or curse as inherently bad or evil is on the flip side you know the 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 people who would be dedicated to spreading this disease because they see it as like a divine cleansing agent or something like that that. it's like really fucked up and scary too
0: (laughs) that's like super yeah you could do so much and then you could also have on the side on the sidelines you could have the snake oil salesmen that are like sending Mm -hmm. people fake cures making them think like making them avoid the cure like i don't want your cure i already got it like this is just gonna hurt me more why are why are you why are you trying to vaccinate me like yeah. those things and that again we can just put un- unfortunately draw directly from the last several years me
2: personally i will take one of every snake oil and the vaccines <laughs> 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 whatever it takes
1: <laughs> um we're, we're definitely bopping back and forth between gm yeah. and design i don't think we have to necessarily call a hard line on it we yeah. can we can kind of talk to all of it because um the way diseases and curses are handled in, in many games is a little too hard line. There's a lot that you can house rule and tweak and that kind of gets into design. Um, but I, uh, You know, just to harken back a little bit to the comment I made about like greater curses and so forth, like there's there's not just diseases and curses, you could have different gradations of diseases and curses, you could have other things that are like diseases and curses, like Carlos made a comment about how like, well, maybe this is an arcane thing, it's not a biological disease, it's not like a mystical curse, but it's like some sort of arcane thing that was created by some sorcerer or whatever. Um, And, you know, extrapolate that into two or three other things like you could have these things that affect people that get spread or happen because of, you know, kind of similar reasons, like what if in your world, whether you're jamming this or designing this for your game, what if there are real consequences to treating the thing that's wrong with a person with the wrong cure Mm. like doing the wrong thing like how does how does the cure for the arcane thing interact with the religious curse like maybe the designer of the religious curse the person who created the curse of the god who has a horrible sense of humor about these sorts of things said hey you know what not only am I going to have this curse running around to punish all these non-believers or whatever I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this thing into it that if somebody goes on and tries to destroy it thinking it's an arcane thing it's gonna get worse or it's gonna do some other thing or it's gonna blow up the town or whatever you know like there then it becomes an investigate an investigation like as soon as something pops up the characters are like okay we got to figure out what this is first you know and this just goes to our our world you know of like what's you know bacteria versus virus versus you know like you you treat certain things with certain other things if you use the wrong treatment like you potentially weaken some other system (sighs) um you do nothing about the the thing that you thought you were treating like there's there's a lot of interactivity that can happen
2: This the this sort of i just just remembered this i did actually write a disease into one of my supplements but it was a very very different disease um but it was in i i wrote um uh a uh, a gazetteer for one of the uh, dread realms in ravenloft it's the saragos which is like this um five mile in diameter stretch of ocean just covered with a uh, a mire of seaweed that you can walk on and it's just boats are stuck there there's no civilization it's just chaos and everything trying to drag you to the bottom um but uh i have uh the, the sort of only bastion of civilization on it is a colony of lizard folk who live inside the hollowed out remains of a gargantuan dragon turtle but inhabiting the flesh of that dragon turtle is uh an abyssal prion which Ooh. uh is if if you're familiar with prions at all they are um like a brain disease um like it's a, i think a mad cow disease is the uh the sort of the biggest prion uh sort of in uh uh general sort of um knowledge but they they infect the brain pretty deeply and they're really really hard to cure um and they're often found in uh uh you know Bad meat and stuff like that, and so that um, that prion was a um, sort of disambiguated uh, um, former demon lord that has been cursed to this dread realm to sit, you know, as this now collective being. Um, but every time one of these uh, um, lizard folk eat it, they essentially become like pact bound to this demon lord who is now just brainworms in them um but it can't because it's not a proper um patron it can't communicate in any way it can only sort of affect their brain in the way that like parasites and diseases will really rewire us to do very strange things and so their whole thing is that they you know it wants them to to grow grow in strength and number and so the lizard queen has instituted a, a perpetual like mating ritual in the breeding pits and Uh, strictly regimented exercise routines 24 hours a day so it's just this this population of just yoked lizard men and a really frustrated warlock patron that is a brain disease um in one of yeah so that's one of my supplements that was the i think the only disease i've actually written
0: that's fun because it ties really well into the setting directly of the game like this is the place that these people are living in and here's why it's important to them and here's why it's hurting them and they don't even know i think that that can set you up for so many of the things we discussed previously i I think definitely as a designer thinking of how you can make your like if you are trying to do this disease or this curse or whatever it is how can it tie better into your setting is always the way that you can take it to the next level um I've been playing, this is like a completely different kind of game. I've been playing um, Apothecaria, which is a solo journaling game. And Apothecaria is you are a witch um, or someone who is taking up the mantle of a witch because the previous witch of the village is gone. And you're using her notebook and you're curing the diseases and curses of all these other like creatures and travelers and and villagers that are coming to your doorstep. Um, And it's... Tie, like all of the diseases and curses are, are kind of you know they're just quaint it's nothing it's nothing a, there's not a big deal about it like no one's gonna die um all of that um and like the worst thing that's gonna happen is that they're gonna give you a bad review and leave uh <sighs> and those diseases are really tied into or you know or they're like cursed forever with weird feathers or something or they go to another doctor like it's nothing huge yeah. But they're all tied into kind of like the land that you're exploring around you. And the game has you go out and collect different reagents to come back and 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 make potions for them. So it's all kind of connected into this quaint little storytelling. T- what what I wish it had more of was in the exploratory phase more connection to how like how are these diseases affecting their day-to-day life? Cause you just have them kind of sitting in your house while you're going out and adventuring i guess since it's a journaling game you can make up whatever you want about it but um i think that that could have taken the game to and even i love the game it could have taken it to even above if it were more tied into the daily goings-on of the people around you um like what what's it like when there's a person who's permanently transformed into a fish creature just living in your living in the tavern like what's that like now Um, what's it like when somebody, when you as a doctor, uh, they think you're a quack and now are telling everybody else. Like that, I think that you could do, um, even with something solo, you could, uh, really tie it into your setting.
1: Can I share my favorite disease design?
0: Yes. By all means. Um,
1: for code warriors, because it's all about computers living in, uh, their computer world where it's crashing and it's the apocalypse and everything's going to get wiped out. You know, as computer programs, you're all kind of tied to the system and therefore kind of tied to each other. Um, And I wrote, I designed a a virus called 404 Not Found, which goes through three stages. And it starts like if you fail the first stage, if you contract it, um, you show no specific symptoms. So it's one of those that like you spread easily. Um, And uh, after a day, the other programs begin to, okay, other programs uh, like, begin to uh, forget details about the target. Like they forget your name. Like, and that's where where it becomes apparent. Like weird stuff's happening. I don't remember who you are. I mean, I'm clearly traveling with you. I'm hanging around with you. I know other things about you, but I don't know your name. Um, Stage two, um, the target's closest friends begin forgetting large chunks of time spent with the target, um, including, um, you know, details and shared experiences. And at stage three, if if, if the target fails that check or if they don't get the virus cured, um it kills them and erases all memories of their existence from anybody who has ever known them
0: it's terrifying um,
1: which is yeah like that's it, and it, and that came from hearing you know like the you hear it every so often the story of like you you're, everybody dies twice um you die the first time when your body ceases to function you die the second time when no one ever mentions your name again um and that struck home with me pretty deeply um and still does and I was was like well I suppose I should design a game thing where that's basically what happens to you um which is like you said it it's terrifying I consider it like one of the like most painful things I've probably ever designed but like that's just an example I I bring it up primarily because it's something that will hit home for people it will affect people on an emotional level but it's not tied to like oh you have a minus two to strength and a minus two to Constitution um even Uh. if those you know, even if there's a, a penalty that becomes permanent because in a game you can just be like well i'll um you know I'll, I'll find a way to make up for that stat loss even if it's permanent i'll you know find a magic item or whatever
2: um one of my favorite bits of design it's not something that i've done but it was a, a friend of mine and i've definitely used it um it's in um the fifth edition of arcadia uh uh, by MCDM, but it's uh, it's an article by uh, um, Leon Barilaro, and it's it's actually called Long Term Curses, and it is expressly designed to sort of combat the remove curse of it all. But my favorite curse in there, well, I have two. There's one, the Curse of Cassandra, which is exactly what you think it is. It's you know like the Greek myth, you are cursed with uh, every long rest, you have predictions. And those predictions will come true. And they're usually about someone getting hurt or, you know, losing money, you know? So it's like really sort of interesting sort of, but no one, the, the, the catch is also no one in the party or anyone believes you. So, you know, it, it takes buy-in from the whole party uh, for that sort of thing. But I think that that's like, that's a really fun uh, thing for some, I, I, you know, I would love something like that. Like I love yeah. a divination wizard and like getting stuck with something like that where it's like wait are all of my prophecies now just bad (laughs) did i where did i go wrong in my studies you know uh so i think that that's a really fun one but the one that i think is just like it's so gonzo and it's so funny is called curse of the watchers and it's basically like that scene with tippy hedron and the birds with with the, with the jungle gym where she keeps looking away and there's more and there's more. But it's, it's uh, basically you've taken like a cursed item and now you have the curse of the watchers. And so every time you use that item or every time you cast a spell, more ravens are added to the flock that just follows you around. So it just oh. gets bigger <laughs> and bigger and bigger until it reaches a critical mass and they all start trying to peck you to death.
0: Ooh, that's great. Uh,
2: yeah, and it's I, what's what I love about the the article itself is it's it's you know each one is divided into sort of three sections, well four sections. There's what is this curse sort of like either within a greater uh, mythological or historical context. Um, what do you have to do to cast the curse? So if you as a player want to do it, or if like you need to understand the process as a GM, like that's how it's done. The effects of it, and then how to end it. And so none of it is as simple as remove curse. Um, and I think that that's like a really, uh, a really fun, fun way to, uh, to do it. Like with the, um, you know, the, the curse of the watchers easiest way is to just get rid of the item in question, but you have to like, give it to someone, (laughs) um, or you can like return it to its resting place. So it's like there are, you know, that's a pretty simple one, but like you can do it where it comes with consequence, uh, or you could, you know, maybe use that to your advantage and give it to a really bad guy who sucks.
0: I think also like having like a slight benefit to it, it's a cursed item. It's really good, but there's mm-hmm. a curse attached. Can I think a lot of players get a little bit hesitant to get rid of something that's also good? And in the short term, this is going to be like so cool. We can use this to do whatever we want. But down the oh. line, there's going to be some consequences. Some of them either are going to make a choice, like <laughs> my character would do this, but even if I think it's a silly idea. I think my character would make the short-term choice to uh be reckless. Um or might not even think about it down the line. Maybe they don't know it's a curse until further down the line. Um I think those kinds of things could be really fun. Especially like if, if they're not noticing they make a couple bad perception rolls and they don't even notice that these ravens are following them. I think you could get something really funny happening.
1: I I oh, go ahead, Craig. I I love the idea of the curse that can be gotten rid of. Um but there's Either a cost to it for you or it's difficult, and there's yeah. like a diminishing point, you know, a point of diminishing returns or a point where it can't happen anymore. Um, you know, uh, if, if we're talking horror movies here, there's um, uh, uh, it follows which is, you know, like, oh, I'm being cursed. This thing is going to follow me and it's going to want to kill me. And the only way to get rid of it is for me to choose of my own volition and have sex with somebody else and therefore curse them and hope that they can give it to another next person because if they get killed, then it comes back, you know, it, the thing comes back up the line. It's it's a whole mess. Watch the movie. It's pretty slick. It's a beautiful um,
0: movie. I love it so um,
1: much. And it has some of the most disturbing imagery of a horror <laughs> movie. It's it's, it's it's a slow burn kind of horror this movie is... that I love. But there's also the story of the bottle imp um, if you're familiar, Robert Louis Stevenson's story, right, of uh, of a boy who purchases a an unbreakable bottle from someone, and uh, the 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 seller tells him that this bottle is responsible for my for my fortune. If you buy this from me, you will have you will have a, you will have fortune as well. Like your life will be great, you'll be wealthy, you'll you'll have a great life, everything. But you have to sell it before you die, and you have to take you have to sell it at a loss you have to sell it for less than what you paid for it and eventually you get to the world's smallest coin um that's you know the least valued coin and that person you know like if if you die with the bottle in your possession then of course like you know terrible things happen a demon takes your soul or whatever if you could have something like that where you can a person like the character can get rid of a curse but they have to do something really weird and difficult um Or they have to get rid of the curse by like choosing to give it to another curse. Like curse the paladin was something where they have to give the curse to somebody else. (laughs) Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Does the paladin find a way to rationalize giving the curse to some evil nefarious person that deserves it? (laughs) Maybe. Or is that still just an evil act? (laughs) <laughs> the uh, th- This is reminding me
2: of um, one of the uh, the things in that Ravenloft Gazetteer that I, I, I did was there is a curse that comes with it that if you go, if you swim in the water under the mire, for every hour that you're in there, um, you have to make a, a save, and it's cumulative. So it's if you get out and then get back in, that counter doesn't reset. So it's just, you know, how much time you spend in there, you'll start taking on like aquatic transformations that after a certain point, you can no longer remove curse, and when you hit a certain threshold, you lose the ability to breathe air, and you are an aquatic creature from then on out, and so you live beneath the mire. Um, But my favorite one of them is uh, you have an air bladder, so uh, effectively you have the effect like levitate underwater, you can control your buoyancy, but on land you're just gassy. uh, it's just <laughs> dumb. It's just dumb. Uh, but so, the other fu- oh go ahead.
0: Oh no, no, no. Go.
2: I was gonna say the other fun, fun one that I I made, it was in um uh uh one of the Flea Mortals layers that I designed, which was for MCDMs basically they're the voiceless talkers, which is their version of the uh the mind flayers. Um I made like an organic cursed weapon that is uh it was it was called kinesthetic projection, and it's it's based off the idea that you know when we use a tool, that tool becomes a projection of ourselves, like it it is an extension of our hand. Like if I'm hammering something, I'm not saying I'm holding the hammer to hammer in a nail. I'm hammering in a nail. The hammer is, you know, so I wanted to like take that and make it literal. So you have to actually chop off your hand to attach this thing. Uh, But then you can um, expend your hit dice uh, to basically let it come loose on a string of like sinew and muscle. And you can swing it around like a whip sword. I was playing. I was playing a lot of God of War at the time, so I was you, like, "I want to make. I want to make a ca- chains of chaos, but flesh."
1: You do really like Evil Dead, too. Oh yeah, I'm no, just I'm
0: imagining
2: gross, like, gross, and gross <laughs> and bad. I like gross and bad.
0: So speaking of gross and bad, I think the the best resource out there, free resource, open source for any kind of weird disease or curse is SCP, the Secure Contain Protect website um it is if you like creepy gross horror scp is there for you it has everything it has really really gross really really scary really really cerebral kind of horror and it also has uh silly stuff it's like the whole gamut it's a wiki that anyone can edit and make stories on um and it's open source so a couple people have made tabletop games off of it there's no like you don't have to like get rights for it or anything because it's kind of this internet collective um but they have a lot of really scary curses there's one that has always stuck with me like it's a it's a person who learned like he he got this idea of what happens after he dies that he will remember everything and he'll feel every every bit of decomposition happening to his body and he will be there and and that is the curse after death but the actual curse is as soon as you learn about this as soon as you hear this thing it's a mimetic curse so now you also have the curse just for having listened to the story so the idea is you've read the story now you also um, have this curse um, and you can't stop thinking about it so there's like a lot of memetic horror in scp there's like there are different cult sects that are like trying to like transform you into weird fleshy monsters or, or robot monsters like there's a lot of Really good stuff on there if you're looking for like some inspiration. In addition to so, monsters so and so other a bard somethings. comes
1: through town and tells the story.
0: It well, it's the yellow sign. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like the yellow. It's basically yeah. like that. Yeah,
1: that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, it's Yellow King. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that...
0: So there's like a lot of there's a lot of um like Cthulhu mythos kind of as as any horror wiki website is going to have a lot of influence, but there's a lot of influence from a lot of different cultural and literary works because it's the work of hundreds of different authors it's scp.net if i'm not mistaken it might have a wiki in there let me see scp nope scp dash wiki dot wiki dot (laughs) dot com it's a bookmark of mine i just have it there (laughs) it's my favorite like as a horror fan it's my absolute favorite thing
1: i'll
2: have to check this out because i also love horror
1: it's sick so you're on the right podcast yeah um, I've uh, made multiple games to dedicate yeah. to my love of horror. <laughs> I, um,
2: uh, well, okay, this is only tangentially related and I'm not I, I promise I'm not plugging this for any any other reason that I have zero emotional investment in this thing. Uh, so I wrote before I even got on Star Trek, i I, I got uh, an open writing assignment for a really bad giant shark movie to rewrite it. and I rewrote it. Uh, and it was sort of like, they didn't want, it was coming out or it was like being written around the same time as the Meg. So they're like, just don't do like a, just a regular ass big shark. I was like, okay, cool. So what about like a ghost shark made of oil? And we make this whole thing like an environmental curse. Uh, and they're like, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, f- f- six years later, uh, it, it finally, it finally actually made it to theaters. Uh, and now it's on Amazon, but uh, I, I was rewritten in the process cause movies. Um, they, uh, I, I had a uh, kind of did something that was more like the the Shallows meets the menu, which was it was a very anti capitalist, uh, horrible, you know, uh, the uh, the sort of horror of horrible people, the the delight in watching horrible people, you know, uh, uh sort of reap what they sow, and um, it it definitely got changed because the oil man was the hero in the end, which I don't think people like that should get redemption arcs but right. uh but the whole movie is Perfect. about a sort of curse uh in that it's called the black demon it's on amazon i would I, I imbibe a few things before you watch it if you're gonna do it but uh
0: oh, <laughs> Yeah. I love bad horror movies.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's uh, really well. it's 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 fun. It's like but like I watched it and been like I was like, well, they changed that thing which sort of missed the point. Well, they changed that thing which totally changed the tone of this thing. So, you know, but we 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 had fun uh when we watched it. It is still just a giant shark movie. Um, but it is still a ghost shark. It's just not made of oil anymore cuz that's expensive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, there's there's a lot that you could do, just like with climate change allegories. Um, my game, that means The Means of Magic, has, like, diseased animals that are diseased by the magic being pulled out, which is a stand-in for fossil fuels. Um, so, there's, like, a lot you could do that ties into the actual disease that we, we kind of are on this planet mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways. Um I, I've never thought about a giant oil go shark, though. I do kind of like that, and I that might be my next con game, just, actually. I just wanted to
2: light it on fire <laughs> underwater.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because right? <laughs> you could
2: do that, right? I don't know.
0: You can. Sure, <laughs> sure. I had first call me underwater. out. I was running Moonpunk at Gen Con, and I was like, okay, and now this, this, this thing, he has a flamethrower. They're like, but we're outside on the moon. There's no fire. I'm like, shut up. This is sci-fi. This is this is retrofuture sci-fi. I can do whatever I want. So you can, you can light stuff on fire underwater. And
1: and Why guess not? what? When we blow stuff up, it's going to make a sound too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, that
2: was, that was actually an interesting thing I saw the other day. And we have totally, we're off the rails on oh, that, but it was, okay. yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was, a, I saw a thing about, how J.J. Abrams originally wanted all the scenes in, in the Star Trek movie in space to be completely silent for realism and then realized what that, how dog shit that is like to watch and then put sound back in because I mean, coolness trumps, uh you know, uh, just like exact like science and realism every time. And I think that that applies to games, definitely.
0: Yeah, the rule of cool is certainly a thing. Um, good job tying it back in, uh, expertly done. Um, <laughs> Any final thoughts, Carlos, on curses and diseases?
2: Oh man, I I mean, I think again, um really check with your players before you you engage in this this uh these sorts of things um in in your games. I think uh for for me who is a fan of gross and bad things, as we've established, um they're 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 a rich gold mine, um uh, narratively, I think both uh from a standpoint of you know uh something that you can work with your players to create more interesting narrative situations for them personally uh well uh, also you can use those same those same things curses and diseases to affect the world and see how they respond and so I think that they're both in that sense very powerful storytelling tools
0: uh what do you have to plug for us and where can we find you on the internet
2: uh you can find me at carlos underscore cisco on twitter x whatever for as long as that platform exists i'm on blue sky uh still rarely posting but we'll probably eventually move over there more um at carlos cisco with no underscore and then the blue sky address whatever that is um in terms of things to plug um flea mortals just came out uh i have uh uh a few monsters, and then the lair, which is in the second supplementary book. Um, uh, the 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 best one is my favorite, and I think uh, it was a it was a reader favorite was the yum grub, uh, which is an empanada looking beetle that gets you addicted to it and and makes you yoked when you eat it. But if you eat too many, you'll just die from exhaustion when it the effects clear. Uh, <laughs> It's pretty great, um, but I have that. Um, and then again, I, I'd really I'd be remiss not plugging the Entertainment Community Fund uh, if you if you have the means and you want to help. Um, that's the best way that you can help uh, not only the writers but also the actors and any crew members that uh, have really fallen on hard times. Uh, there are also uh, strike funds uh, for both SAG and the WGA that. Um, uh, I don't know the links offhand, but uh, pretty easily uh, googled in terms of uh, those things. But those are, if you want to sort of more directly help the writers or the actors, you can you can uh, sort of focus your funds there. And then I know that uh, a number of lot captains and stuff like that um, have their personal Venmos uh, uh, up and around uh, the internet um, for uh, resources. Mine is plenty full right now, but if you you know go look up. Danny Tolly um or uh Judalina Niera on uh Twitter. I know that they have their stuff pinned and those those lots definitely can use uh donations and resources and stuff. And that's a way that you can directly help.
0: Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a thank lot of fun. It's been a lot me. of fun. Yeah, no, this is um, really thank fun. You. glad we could make it work. Yeah. Uh and I'm glad that I've I've shared the knowledge of SCP with uh, a a writer so maybe it, maybe this in the future a, i would love to see them
2: you have you've ruined me i was gonna play Baldur's gate the rest of the day and now i'm gonna deep dive <laughs> Matt, into this
0: there are some youtube videos that do great deep dives and like connect the lore because there's like different okay never mind i'll tell you later <laughs> you can find we'll me talk after on, the recording yeah you can find me on on the socials at, at josca um my games at wannabe games.com drive through rpg or itch under the same name wannabe games uh i have nothing to plug at the moment until later Maybe next time I will have something to plug. Uh, but yeah.
1: I am at Nerdburger Craig on the socials. Um the my website is nerdburgergames.com. The games are up at drive com, And on uh, September twelfth, that is a Tuesday, I will be kickstarting Capers Cyberpunk. Um it's been a while since I did a Capers thing. This is a full big game book set in an alternate present um like what happens when superpowers show up in the in the 2020s what how does what does that shape our world into well guess what there's mega corporations and now superpowered criminals who are not registered are our only hope so uh check out that game when it's up
0: thank you to our opening and closing theme song which is avil by steph sacks licensed under creative commons thank you steph sacks and thank all of you for listening and we'll see you back here next time Bye bye Bye.